Hello and welcome back to Franklin Covey's newest podcast, C-Suite Conversations with Scott Miller. That's me. I'm your host. You may recognize my voice and my mug from the host of Franklin Covey's other podcast on Leadership with Scott Miller, now the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. And after five years of remarkable interviews with military officers, award-winning CEOs, business titans, best-selling authors, what we learned is, is that it wasn't, it was rarely that the big Hollywood celebrity was the most downloaded episode or the Fortune 10 CEO, usually who had the most likes and reviews and comments and shares were the people like you and I that actually had a remarkable career, but they were actually very relatable. So about a year ago, we spun off a new podcast called C-Suite Conversations, where each week on audio and video, we have the privilege of interviewing uh, C-suite officers from some of the biggest names around the world and from small up and rising companies. And each week we have a different perspective on their careers, their expertise, lessons they've learned, things they might even do over in their career. And today joining us from California at Google is Lisa Gevelber. She is the chief marketing officer for the Americas region at Google. And she's also the founder of Grow With Google. Lisa, welcome to C-Suite Conversations. Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you taping this. We're taping this just before the holiday season, so what an honor that you would take the time to invest in all of our listeners and viewers from around the world. Lisa, you've had a remarkable career. Like me, you are a chief marketing officer. Not sure that Franklin Covey and Google have the same brand equity around the world, but I'm sure we've had a lot of the same lessons. You've had an interesting career. You've had careers with four or five large, big brands around the world. You are now an intrapreneur, if you will, at the Google organization, including the founder of Grow With Google. We'll talk about that. For the benefit of our listeners and viewers, would you rewind a couple of decades? Because I believe you, are, you actually have an education in psychology. You've ended up in a, in a marketing role at a, obviously, Fortune small, like large company, but you know Fortune uh, 10 or so. Talk a bit about your career journey, what led you to become a CMO at Google. Gosh, well, um, you know, I did start my career uh, at an amazing company. I think I credit a lot of the skills that I have that have really helped me succeed to my early career time at Procter & Gamble. Um, and at the time that I was at Procter & Gamble, it was all promote from within, meaning that every future leader of the company, they needed to groom themselves. Mm. And so it was really an outstanding place to learn. Um, Probably the most important thing I learned uh, at Procter & Gamble was how to write. Mm. And I think uh, I think people assume that college graduates just know how to write. I can tell you that I was far from perfect, uh, certainly at writing a, a compelling business communication. I obviously didn't study business in college. Um, and so the thing that I learned at P&G was really how to make an important and big business recommendation literally on one sheet of paper. Um, and that skill of compelling, concise, data-based recommendations um, and effective communication about them has been something that's just served me really well in my career. And I think, um, fortunately, back then, there were no you know, big PowerPoint slides as a priority at P&G. So you learn to write on a piece of paper. And I think one of the things that that really teaches you is how to think clearly as much as how to write clearly. Um, and then I was at P&G for a while and I really loved it. One of my last assignments there was to work on new business creation. And I found that that was really my passion, that I'm in fact a builder. I like to make things from scratch. And 
there's no better place to build than Silicon Valley. So I packed a bag and moved to Silicon Valley. I did some time in a startup and then I luckily ended up in Intuit, uh, which is a phenomenal company. They make uh, software like QuickBooks or Quicken, TurboTax. Um, and I learned a lot there about deep uh, customer understanding and really loved my time at Intuit. Uh, ended up going to another startup and then ended up here at Google and been at Google for quite a while now. I've I've had a variety of roles. I worked on the core uh, business at Google, which is the ads and commerce business. I was the global CMO of that business for a bunch of years. Um, and then I got my um, current job, which, as you said, was a job I actually created myself starting Google's um, social impact efforts around economic opportunity, which I'm excited to get to talk to you about. And I've also been the CMO uh, for Google for the Americas region, as you said, um, for over a decade now and learned a ton along the way as I've um, got to build uh, things like the marketing team in Latin America from scratch and really, really learned a lot from being in such a big and dynamic uh, growth market down there. It's actually a wonderful journey. You and I share some similarities. I, my first job out of college was working for the Disney company. So like you, I went to work for a Fortune 500 company, had an undergraduate communications degree, marketing degree. And in my interview at Disney, this was the Disney development company down in Orlando, the real estate arm of the Walt Disney Company. And in my interview with the vice president of real estate, I remember this, like I remember what I was wearing in the interview 30 years ago. He asked me, Scott, of course I was petrified, right? Just I barely, barely out of college. And he said, how are you at reducing your thoughts to writing? And I thought, I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means. But like you, I had a lot of public relations training. I couldn't create you know, a compelling Disney quality memo to save my life. I remember the four years I was there, all of the red markings up that my bosses would do on my writings. And it was a tremendous investment in me to be able to go on to a great career of writing. Um, as a CMO of a much smaller firm, I was actually at a CMO conference one year, Lisa. And one of the CEOs that was presenting said something I thought was profound. She said she saw her role as the CMO as sort of like the chief recruitment officer. Like literally she saw her job as the CMO was to build a brand that retained and attract the best quality talent. To the degree you uh, agree or disagree with that, how do you see your role as the CEO of um, the Americas at Google? Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what your job is, whether you're the CMO or not, your job is always to attract, grow, and retain the best talent. I mean, that's really what being a leader is about. That's how you disproportionately add value. Um, there, I mean, there's content value, of course, that you're going to add, but it's people that make a company. It's people that make a culture. It's people that do innovative things. So, um I think any of us in leadership roles, our number one job is attract, grow, and retain the very best people. Beautifully said. I heard once in an interview you said that great marketers respect their audience. I may have that exactly, not exactly right, but expand on that. What does that mean to be in marketing or communication or advertising and have a respect for your audience? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is you have to earn people's attention, right? Nobody has to watch any content we produce, whether it's an ad or other form of content. And really understanding what your user cares about and delivering value every single time so that you've earned their attention, um, I think that's the most important thing. It's certainly something we try to live up to, you know, here at Google. 
Lisa, when I introduced you, I mentioned you also as an intrapreneur. And I say that to mean you are the founder of Grow With Google. You've had an, an immense impact on Google's certificate programs and helping people earn credentials and skills. Talk about the, well, first of all, why was that a passion of yours? And how has that become a, 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 a sort of a give back that Google has created for its users and members around the world? Yeah, for me, this was a really personal, um, as you say, a personal passion. So uh, my father was the first, he and his brother were the first people in their family ever to go to college. And my brothers and I put ourselves through college. And, you know, we were lucky for sure. Um, I grew up in Michigan and the in-state tuition at the University of Michigan was very affordable. Um, and so my brothers and I were able to get a good college education. But it's also just really important to realize that a college education, um, while it maybe was the biggest driver of people accomplishing the American dream, it is now the biggest barrier to the American dream. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, at Google, as we thought about how could we make a disproportionate impact on economic opportunity in our country and around the world, um, we're a database company, so we we focused on some key facts that. Uh, outlined a really important societal problem. So if you look uh, in the U.S., if we just take the U.S. as an example, but um, this dynamic exists all over the world. If you look at the U.S., 77% of all jobs that pay more than $35,000 a year say they require a college degree, but only a third of Americans have a college degree. So basically in our country, 80 million adult workers are locked out of good jobs. Um, and that is a giant problem for our society. And at Google, we like to solve big problems. So that's what we set our sights on. How do we solve this problem to ensure that great jobs are available to more people, right? And really help people live up to their economic potential while creating a more equitable and inclusive job market. And so that's why we created the Google Career Certificates um, as an alternate pathway for people to get trained for in-demand, high-growth, high-paying jobs, and also to get credentialed, have a way to prove that those people have mastered the skills they need for those jobs in a way that employers would know that those people were ready um, for those jobs and for that work. And so we created the Google Career Certificate program to do just that. We identified key occupation areas, and then we really did what, you know, what some of the almost only Google could do. We started to move the ecosystem forward to change the way the job market worked by bringing employers on board. And we let the employers help us uh, with the curriculum. They, they vet all the curriculum, many of them input to the curriculum. And that way we know we're teaching the skills that employers are yeah, hiring yeah, for. Yeah. And that's a really important part of this equation. So now we have a Google Career Certificate program that has graduated over 300,000 people just in the past few years. Um, and, you know, obviously lots more opportunity, lots more to do. But we're so proud of moving so many people from relatively low wage work into high paying career fields. Lisa, you're not a futurist on the state of work but you are very passionate about this topic. You're the founder of Grow With Google, and you obviously have great passion around the uh, alternative paths to educate yourself and to build economic wealth for you and your family. Do you feel 
like a college education is going to continue to be a barrier a decade from now. Like, for example, I'm the father of three sons, 8, 10, and 12 years old. And they're on a path to college, is my sense, but maybe not, depending upon what happens 10 years from now. I mean, I have a second grader, and you know, he may decide to you know, be a cosmetologist. I have no idea. We're, we're obviously you know, oriented them towards college. Do you feel like a college degree is going to be as required 10 years from now as it is from now? Or do you feel like these alternative certificates and credentials maybe won't displace, but will, they'll become as valuable as a four-year undergraduate degree somewhere? I mean, all the trends show that skills-based hiring is definitely on the rise, right. uh, meaning more employers are really looking for, does someone have the skills they need, not do they have a particular um, degree? And I think that's really important. Um, if you look at even PwC's CEO survey, four out of five global CEOs say that one of the biggest inhibitors to their growth is just finding people who have the skills that they need for the work they need done. So I think skills-based hiring is definitely on an upswing, but I also don't think it's necessarily an or, like either you go to college or you get a career certificate like Google's. As a matter of fact, just last week, we made a really big announcement with the University of Texas and the Texas State University Systems, where they're gonna offer the Google Career Certificates to every one of their students. Um, and I think this is a continuation of a trend we're seeing more and more, which is that colleges and universities do such a great job of educating their students and they really care that those students land well after college. And the truth is that's just not really happening consistently today. The data says that 41% of people with a bachelor's degree are ending up in a job that doesn't require a degree. So potentially hourly work. Um, and I think the University of Texas and the Texas state systems are putting a stake in the ground and saying, well, we, we need to stop this trend. And that's why they're offering the Google career certificates to their students. And we have partnerships with many other higher ed institutions. Rutgers University, for example, offers the Google Career Certificates to any of their alumni for free. And several institutions have built the Google Career Certificate um, content right into their academic programs. So I think the reality is it's not necessarily an or anymore, it's an and. Um, and if you look at Lightcast data, you'll see why. Basically, the Lightcast data shows that if you complement a bachelor's degree, especially in a humanities or a liberal arts field, like I was a psychology major, you will um, make people more employable at significantly higher wages. Um, for example, for psychology majors, I think on average, a psychology major today makes about $39,000 a year as a starting salary. But if you complement your bachelor's in psychology, with a Google data analytics certificate, you'll make more than like 60 or $70,000 as a starting salary. So much more employable at much higher wages. And so I think the trend we're seeing is that while a lot of people will choose a certificate like Google's as an alternative path to college, we're also seeing more and more colleges and universities and more and more students of theirs adopting the Google career certificates to make them more employable at higher wages. Let's come back to your own career for a moment. I hope I'm not misquoting you, but I think I read once where you said literally the single best piece of advice you ever received was actually from our co-founder, Dr. Stephen R. Covey. It was to seek first to understand and then to be understood. To the extent 
I've got that directionally accurate. I mean, his advice is right, whether or not it was your most valuable piece of advice. Uh, when, did you, when did you realize the gravity of that and its application in your life? This concept of what is habit five in the seven habits, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Yeah, you know, one of the, um, one of the best uh, trainings they offer at P&G is actually the seven habits yes. of highly effective people. Yeah. And so um, I have more than one copy of that book on my shelf at home. Um, and the, the one you're calling out, you know, seek first to understand before being, uh, before being understood is a really important one, right? It's about listening. And, um, I, I think that one of my favorite frameworks that I love is actually, um, professor Carol Dweck's growth mindset yeah. framework. Um, and her growth mindset framework, if you really follow it and you are a um, growth mindset person, you're always focused on learning and you can't really learn unless you're listening. Um, so I do really love that, uh, that seven habits, uh, quote and highly still recommend that book. I don't remember, I don't recommend a lot of business books. Um, but the, uh, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and the Innovator Solution from Clay Christensen are are my two favorites. Yeah, uh, Clayton Christensen was a good friend of Stephen Covey. Clayton Christensen was on our board of directors, passed about two years ago. His book also, How Will You Measure Your Life, is an excellent book on just you know having a legacy beyond just uh, your career, because we know your career is not your life. Your career is your job. Um, let's talk about what you've learned along the way. You've had a remarkable career. I mean, be become the chief marketing officer for the Americas at Google and the founder of Google uh, entrepreneur efforts there. Is there been one or two inflection points in your career that you look back and say, yeah, that was a really good decision or I chose wisely there or maybe even in some cases, you know, I made a bad decision there and I recovered. Would you show some maybe unnatural vulnerability and to the extent there are some inflection points that others could relate to or say, wow, I should do that. What's one or two things you did that was smart or maybe not so smart that others should be aware of? Yeah, you know, um, it's really interesting. My, the most important inflection point in my career was my move to Silicon Valley. And, um, you know, after, after I moved, you know, for years and years, there was an uh, influx um, of talent. But when I moved, it was still pretty early. It wasn't a thing people did, certainly not from the Midwest at any sort of scale. And... Um, it was really based on something I learned about myself. Um, I mentioned earlier that I'm a builder. I love to build. I'm pretty good at building. My risk tolerance is pretty high. I'm a, I'm a good listener and learner, and that's what it takes to be a great builder because it's not about knowing exactly what to build. It's about having a good hypothesis that's founded in real user insights and then adapting your approach to solving that problem based on what you learn along the way. And that is, uh, as we talked about before, a lot about really intensely listening. Um, and so I, I often tell people that my career advice is first and foremost to understand what you are uniquely great at. And you know, early in our careers, I think a lot of people don't know how to think about that um, because we tend to underestimate our, our best strengths because those things come easily to us. So we don't even think about it. We just kind of assume everyone's good at that or that it's, we don't understand how good we are at these things. And so my advice to people about managing your career is really understand what you're great at. And I think um, if you're not sure how to figure out what you're great at, what I tell people is um, think about the things you really enjoy because we just often enjoy the things we're good at. 
um, and they come more easily to us. And so um, discovering that I was a builder was a really important part of my career because it helped me pivot from working on really established businesses to going and really, um, you know, working on early stage businesses, either someone else's at the startups that I went to or um, at Intuit and here at Google, um, you know, I've been a pretty successful entrepreneur starting things that um, have become successful partly because we've been so attuned to our users' needs and continued to evolve and, um, you know, change to address them. You know, Lisa, you and I agree on that point. And here is a different point of view. Several weeks ago, I interviewed Marcus Buckingham, the famous leadership author and expert, of course, the co-founder, if you will, of the Strengths Revolution with Don Clifton, wrote, Now Discover Your Strengths and First Break All the Rules. And Marcus was saying to me that, you know, oftentimes we confuse our strengths with our passions. He said, oftentimes what you're great at isn't what you love, and it's not what brings you meaning, that you've got to be thoughtful about recognizing sometimes they aren't inextricably linked. Like, I don't actually think what I'm great at does bring me joy, but I was kind of led to believe that in my career. I, I actually agree with you in many areas there, uh, but it's an interesting point of view from Marcus Buckingham as well. Hey, I want to end this by coming back to Grow with Google. You know, I, I think of Google as the search bar, right, that I use 10 times a day, and I know that at least consciously, I don't think I use Google's tools beyond that. I'm sure subconsciously I use a lot of your tools. Uh, how does someone get oriented with Grow with Google? Where do you find it? How do you start? Give a little bit of an orientation on how all of our listeners and viewers can get into Grow with Google. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the easiest way is to Google it. Um, or you can just go to our, uh, directly to our URL, which is grow.google.com. And if you're looking for the career certificates in particular, it's grow.google forward slash certificates. Um, and you can find everything. You, you can even find um, videos you can watch to explore which certificate field you might actually be interested in. We also have lots of tools for small businesses. We have um, some really interesting programs for veterans um, and military spouses. So um, I really do, I love that you're asking this question and I really do encourage everyone to go with the Grow with Google website, which is grow.google.com. Well, I think it's a great service too, right? We've been privileged to interview people from LinkedIn and from Udemy and from Coursera. And obviously there's a, a strong mission-driven focus with you personally, professionally at Google to help people lift their skills and their earnings and their independence up. So I applaud you on your passion around that. I want to end the interview with some advice. So uh, I'm privileged to sit in this chair on this set and another where I'm able to interview some of the greatest minds in the world. And a question I often ask people is uh, if you were giving my wife and I advice as we're raising these three young boys that are in second, fifth, and seventh grade, uh, what kind of skills they need to have a great career, I'd love to get your opinion. Before I do that, I was interviewing recently the chief future of work officer at PwC. He talked a lot about the power skills. You know, it used to be called the hard skills and the soft skills. The soft skills now are called the power skills. And I was also interviewing recently the former CEO of Nintendo. And he talked about how important it is that everybody needs to learn how to code and everybody needs to learn how to communicate. It was a kind of a nice balance of, if you will, hard and soft. If you had to, I don't know if you're a parent or not, but if you had to give Stephanie and I some advice on, here's what your boys need to know how to do so that in the next five to 10 years, as they enter the workforce, whether they are an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or an independent producer, a leader of people, or they're working for companies that don't yet exist or that Google hasn't yet funded and grown, give us some advice on what, they're, um, 
what their skill set should look like? Yeah, you know, I really go back to growth mindset. Um, I'm a big believer that um, if you approach everything with growth mindset and everything is part of the journey and you don't always feel like you have to know the answer, you end up in a better place. You create better products, you create better marketing, whatever it is that your um, career field is, uh, is asking you to do. I think it kind of starts and ends with growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So that would be my recommendation. And especially as a parent, I think the best uh, maybe the best application of growth mindset is actually in parenting. So I encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. In fact, um, Carol Dweck is an interviewee on our On Leadership podcast, so we're very familiar with the concept. Lisa Gevelber, Chief Marketing Officer of the Americas Region at Google and the founder of Grow With Google. Thanks again for taking the time to invest in our listeners and viewers worldwide. Best of success to you. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll see you back here next week for a new conversation from the C-Suite.